Okay, well today um, I am excited to introduce our speaker. Our speaker today, uh, yes, is my mother-in-law, but I want to tell you a little bit about her if you're new in the church. And I met several visitors uh, here today. As a matter of fact, I don't, did I welcome the visitors? Did I say welcome? Can we just welcome the visitors today? Put your hands together for all those that are, I know we shook hands, I'm just not sure if I said that. Um, thanks for being with us on Mother's Day uh, Pastor Sharon and her husband Bob, Bob Wager, they pastor an incredible church in Kampala, Uganda, East Africa. Now, my wife, who's a, an MK, a missionary kid, was actually born in Nairobi, Kenya. There's a story there for another day. Uh, but in Africa, they've been going back and forth uh, to Africa ever since I've known them well over 20 years now. And uh, they, they ministered there after they got married. They have a long heritage in Africa. They're actually pastoring one of the great churches in Kampala today. And uh, they went back and took the church, which sort of heads up um, our pastor's movement over there. But, but they took that church in a struggling way, and they've, they've really done an incredible job. Bob and Sharon have turned it around. It's in the thousands now, and people are getting saved every week. And very, very dynamic what is happening in Kampala, multiple campuses. It's really kind of an awesome miracle work that's taking place. And they pastor that work. Uh, Sharon has been uh, ministering and preaching and teaching all the years that I've known her, whether it's in the pulpit on Sunday mornings, uh, in Bible college where we taught together, uh, in the Bible college in Portland for many, many years, almost two decades. Uh, And I could go on and on, but Sharon is truly... Um, a, a preacher and a teacher, a missionary stateswoman, a pastor, someone who is respected around the world, literally around the globe. People know Pastor Sharon and Pastor Bob. And uh, I'm just lucky enough and blessed enough to have her as my mom. Amen. And uh, they're home from Africa. This is her first Sunday back. And they will be here for about 10 weeks and then heading back. I also just want to make mention that in a few weeks we will have something that we're going to do in church for Africa um, because there will be some people here from the church that I want you to meet as, because we are a part of that work. But all of that said, um, I'd like you to do me a favor today. Today on Mother's Day, I'm really honored and excited to introduce someone to you. But will you please stand to your feet? Will you welcome Pastor Sharon Wager from Kampala, Uganda, here this morning. Come on, church. Tell you love her. Thank you so much. Please, you can be seated. Thank you, Doug. It's just so exciting, actually, to be here with you today on Mother's Day. Doug texted or emailed me, I think, and we were still... um, Actually, we were up in Canada because we did a little West Coast thing. You know, we have to go everywhere when we come back this side of the world. And uh, he said, would you speak on Sunday? And at first, my thought was, oh, I just want to be relaxing with the family. (laughs) And my second thought, though, which came very quickly, was I'm honored and I'm excited because I think I do have something to say. And so I pray that that God will speak to each one of us this morning. As we get started on this wonderful Mother's Day, and I love this day. In Uganda, we don't celebrate Mother's Day now. We have International Women's Day in March, 
And so we already did that in March, but today to be here at home with my daughter, and I haven't been with her for like eight years, I think, on a Mother's Day, so this is really special. But I have asked three uh, young people to come up and just start this this morning by really honoring and saying how much they love their moms. So two of them are sitting here, and I think the other one must be around, Amiris. There you are. Come on up. All right. And so these guys are going to help me. Uh, yeah, you can stand over on this side. That's good. They're going to help me just give some honor where honor is due today. Shall we start with you, ladies, first? Okay, Amaris. I love my mom because she's caring, funny, and I'm so lucky to have her as a mom. Yes. And we honor you today, Sherry. Mom, I love you so, so much. You are loving and caring, and I don't know what I would do without you. You are very kind, not just to me, but to everybody I see you talk to. Um, dang it, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> we honor you today, Lisa. I love my mom, too. My mom's a sweet little Asian lady. She's right there. Hi, Mom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh... She's always there for me, and she loves me even though, like, we have something going on between us. Even she always, you're not lovable? yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, she always cooks good Asian food. That's why I'm kind of <laughs> fat. <laughs> it's your fault, mom. <laughs> yeah, and well, she's always there for me, and she's always got my back. She's always telling me to do my homework. And stuff, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know where I would be without her now. I'd, to be honest, <laughs> I'd probably be leaving a trash life, you know. But now I'm with her, and I'm blessed because of you, Mom. Love you. All right. Thank you, Chris. Good job. Let's give all these moms a hand and these young people. Well done. Thank you. We really do honor all the moms today that are here. I love the generational aspect of what happens, you know, in the house of God. And so in the first service, I had uh, a mom and a daughter, and then they honored the grandma. And it's just so wonderful to see two and three and more generations in the house of God. You know, at this time of year... Uh, Facebook and other social media just always has lots of things about moms and Mother's Day clips and so on. We saw one of them beautifully illustrated this morning already. But one that I read that I hadn't heard or read before was kind of funny. A junior high science teacher lectured on the properties of magnets for an entire class. The next day, he gave his students a quiz. The first question read like this. My name begins with an M and has six letters, and I pick up things. What am I? <laughs> Half the kids in the class wrote, mother. <laughs> you might be here today, mom, and you're tired, you're weary. You think, yeah, that's all I am. I'm just the one who picks things up and keeps things together, and it's a lot of hard work, and maybe not always as appreciated as it should be. But we just want to say to every mom here today, 
thank you, and may God bless you. And you know what? It does get better. I love being a grandma. I can just tell you that. So hang in there. One of the questions that Bob and I get asked a lot as we have traveled is, where's home? You know, you're meeting somebody for the first time, and you get talking, and it's like, where's home? And I'd have to tell you that's one of the most complicated questions for me to answer. And I usually look at people and say, well, do you want the short version or the long version? Because the truth is, home has been in several different continents and many different cities. And I would have to say, in all sincerity, that home is where your family is. Now, when I say the word family... I, I do mean my kids and my grandkids, and I am so, so blessed that God has enabled us now as we are beginning a transition out of full-time lead pastoring in Kampala, and we're going to be able to settle here in Denver. And for those of you that might not know, we have built a home together with Doug and Donna, and we're actually living on the ground floor, and they have the two floors above, and we love it because we love family. But I would have to say, and I sincerely mean this this morning, that as we were flying into Denver, I was excited to see the kids, obviously, the grandkids. They're amazing, in case you don't know that. They are the most amazing grandkids ever. But I was also really excited to see those of you that I know, and I hope we get to meet many more of you while we're home this time and get to, to know you. I was excited, sincerely, to see Asim and Lisa and Tasha and Grace and the others that came with them and were in Kampala with us last year at this time. I was really looking forward to being with them because they're family. I was, I was really looking forward to seeing Juliana more because, you know, she's been my hairdresser for a long time, and she truly is like family. I was really excited about meeting Janice and all the team that have prayed for us and pray for us faithfully as we are in Kampala, and sincerely to just hug them, and, and it, it's like family. I was excited to see the barbers, and, and they've been so sick since we were away or since we were here last, and just to see them and hug them and say, wow, it's good to be together. Stacy, who texts me occasionally in Kampala and always brings a smile to my face, and she texted me not too long ago and just said, it's only two more weeks and you'll be back. And it's like, that just means a lot. When I walked in on Wednesday night when uh, Pastor Banning was speaking and, and uh, Erica Hall just greeted me and she said, how are you, sweetie? And I just thought, oh, I'm home. This is family. It's wonderful. And so today, as I have thought about what God would want to say to us on this Mother's Day, I really felt that God wanted to remind us that, yes, we have our natural family and we honor our natural moms today. But church, we have a spiritual family and church is family. We are family. God is building an amazing family here in the Pearl Church. You know, when the church was birthed back in the times of uh, Paul and Peter and the apostles, they used a lot of family lingo to describe the church. The analogy was very clear. Uh, the apostle Paul, when he was writing to many of the the churches and the leaders that he wrote to would refer to them as his sons. 
There was family analogy. He wrote to Timothy, and, and he referred to the church as the household of faith. We're, we're a family. And sometimes we forget that, and we get caught up in other things, and we get caught up in other um, priorities. But I believe God wants to remind us today that we are a family. And our relationships in this family are very, very important. Paul, in his travels, the Apostle Paul, he saw a young man, Timothy. Timothy had been born and raised into an ethnically mixed family. His dad was Greek. His mom and his grandmother were Jewish. And I'm sure that for Timothy to choose to be a Jesus follower was not an easy decision because of his dad's ethnicity and background. And yet when Paul came and he saw Timothy, saw potential in him, and he took him under wing and began to parent him and nurture him and and help him to grow and mature. And by the end, Timothy was the pastor of the church in Ephesus, which is a church of over 20,000 people, they tell us. That was a father-son relationship. But Timothy was raised by his mother and his grandmother who put those truths of God's word into him. Remember Jesus as he was dying on the cross for your sin and my sin. And as he was hanging there suffering, he looked down and he saw his mom. And he had obviously a heart of great compassion for what she was enduring, watching him suffer, something no mother ever wants to see or experience. And yet Jesus looked down, and he looked then beside her was John, his beloved disciple, his good friend, the one he had mentored and and nurtured. And he said to his mom, Mom, behold your son. Son, this is your mother. A wonderful thing happened, I believe, in that moment. The Bible says that from that day on, Mary went and lived in John's home, and he looked after her. Psalm 68 and verse 6 says something very powerful that I think we need to remember on this Mother's Day. It says, God sets or places the lonely in families. In another translation, it says, He sets the solitary in families. You know, sometimes Mother's Day is a challenging day for some people. And maybe you are sitting out there this morning and you're hurting. Maybe you're disappointed. Maybe you really hoped that by now you would be a mother. Maybe you've had a mother who has been abusive. Maybe the family just isn't the perfect family. And maybe this day just kind of reminds you of all that pain and all that sorrow. But can I just say that as I thought about this again, I was overwhelmed by the fact that God has an amazing master strategy, a master plan. He says to us that he actually sets everyone, the lonely, those that are hurting, all of us. He sets us in families. And that family, yes, it's our birth family, and we thank God for good families. We thank God for our moms and our grandmas and our dads and our uncles and aunts and all of that. But you know what? God sets us in spiritual families, in the house of God, where church is a family. We dare not miss that. 
The church is called the family of God. We're referred to as sons and daughters. You know, in the good old days, <laughs> in our kind of churches, we used to call each other brother and sister. In fact, to this day, there are some older people, yes, older even than me, and when I meet them, it's like, oh, Brother Dick. It would be weird to call him anything else. Well, you know, that just is indicative of what really church is. Church is a family. And we are all brothers and sisters. And we're all moms and dads and aunties and uncles and all of that. You know, it's, it's interesting. In Uganda, um, they really do understand this extended family thing. And in Uganda, every... <laughs> this sounds strange to us in the West. But every... In our extended family or clan, every woman who would be of the generation of my mother would be called mother. I would call her my mom. And so, you know, at first, when you're first getting used to that African culture, you think, well, you said you're going to your grandmother's funeral, but didn't you go to your grandmother's funeral two months ago? Like, how many grandmothers do you actually have? And they look at you like, what is your problem? I have a lot of grandmothers because every one of my grandmother's generation in our clan is actually my grandmother. Oh, well, you know what? It kind of is that way in the house of God, in the family of God. We are family, and we need to relate to one another and care for one another that way. Pastor Banning here on Wednesdays, he was talking to the, uh, the leadership of this house. I was so blessed because... He talked about this, and I had already decided to talk about this, but he gave a powerful illustration that when we're part of the family of God, a church family, it's like it's not a restaurant. It's not a hotel. It's not that kind of an institution where we come, and if they don't give us good service, we decide, eh, I won't be back here. I'm going to go and take my business to another restaurant. You know, we can do that with restaurants. That's great. But we don't do that with family. We can't just go, no, not going to be part of that family. Maybe we'd like to some days, but no, not part of that family. I'm going to go over here and just visit this family and join this family. No. And it doesn't work that way in the house of God. We are family, and we have each other's back. We are committed. And I recognize that not everyone has had a good natural family experience. And can I tell you that even good families have crises and have troubles and there's tension and sometimes disappointment. But in the end, we all pull together because we're family. We used to sing a chorus in Sunday school way back when, and we'd hold hands in pairs and we'd go, when we all pull together, together. Anybody else know that song? Oh, a few of you do, yeah. How happy we'll be. And that's the truth. We pull together in a family. When God sets solitary in families, he is doing that because he has the heart of a parent. He has a father's heart. We sang about it again this morning. I love thinking of God as my heavenly father. He's a good, good father. But, you know, God is also, he, his characteristics demonstrate that he is a good, good mother. He, have a, he has a mother's heart in the Trinity. The Holy Spirit kind of reflects that feminine mother's heart towards us. 
his people, his family, his sons and daughters. And today, we want to remind ourselves and celebrate those qualities that create a culture of family in the house of God. And you know, all of those qualities are necessary for a family to thrive. We do need moms and dads, and I won't get on to that topic, but that's part of the reason why a lot of us families are struggling in society today because we've forgotten that, that we need moms and dads. God made it that way. And the Bible says about moms, about this motherhood heart, in Proverbs 14 and verse 1, it says, every wise woman builds her home, builds her house, builds her family. But the foolish, a foolish woman, tears it down with her own hands. Now that's an interesting proverb. And today, I just want to say to us here as this church family and as our individual families, we want to be wise women, women who build good families, whether your birth family or whether this family And in this family, it doesn't take you to have had natural children. You can have a mothering heart, a a mothering qualities that is needed in the family of God that contributes and builds a successful family. God knows what is best. And he's the one that created the family, because it is the best environment in which to build people. And women, that's what we're building. We're building people. We're building the next generation. If we don't build the next generation, in just one generation, it's over. We are builders, builders of people, builders of a generation that is going to disciple the nation. The family culture of the church is just so important. And as I was meditating on it again, the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I'm going to just read a few verses. Uh, Each of the translations brings out just a different aspect of it. But let me read from the Holman's translation. For we never, this is 1 Thessalonians 2, for we never used flattering speech, Paul writes, to the church. We didn't seek glory from people. Instead, we were gentle among you as a nursing mother nurtures her own children. We cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. As you know, Like a father with his own children, we encouraged, comforted, and implored each one of you to walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Wow. Paul said, not only did we come as a father, but we came as a mother that nurtured, that cherished. That is very, very important. All families, as I've said, need moms and dads. In Acts 
chapter 2, there's a very interesting passage there that describes the early church and why it grew and how it was successful. And many times, churches like ours, we go back to that passage and we model our churches after those things because that was what the early church had in place that made it grow and made it go all over the world. And here's what it says in verse 42. Great description of the early church. And it says, and they, meaning all the believers, everyone in the church, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. It doesn't say that the apostles and the leaders and the pastors, you know, the fivefold ministry, that they did everything and kind of had all the programs and all the structure and everything that would help the church to grow. It's interesting, isn't it? It says, and they, every one of them, devoted themselves. Devoted themselves. And can I just put it out there this morning that Pearl Church, as each one of us, will devote ourselves, whether you're a dad or whether you're a mom, whether you are old or whether you are young, when we devote ourselves to the family of God, to the household of faith, something amazing happens. We become family. Truly, we become family and we care for each other. It's like it's an extension of our natural families. And that's what will make a statement to the world around us. That's what will attract people to come to find Jesus, to come to be part of this family. That's the thing that will make the difference. And so, as I was thinking about it, you know, there's one woman in our church in Kampala Life Church, and she's been a close personal friend of mine since she was, well, since I was 10 years old. And uh, I used to carry her around on my hip when she was just two years old. And she's an elder in our church now. And this woman has never married. She's never given birth to a natural, a natural birth to a child. But this lady has mothered many, many women. She's brought them into her home. She's cared for them, including the lady you're going to meet in a couple of weeks, Dora, who is the wife of Richard, and they are going to be the next lead pastors in our church as we transition out. And Dora is an amazing woman of God. She, her mom, Betty, was a close friend of mine back in the 60s, and her mom loved God. She backslid for a period of time, got messed up with a young man who actually gave her HIV, and when Dora was just very young, she passed away. Dora then went to live with her dad, and a few years later, he passed away. And now she was truly an orphan. And Irene didn't hesitate to take her into her home, to nurture her, to love her, to honor her, to care for her. And now Dora is going to, she is a pastor, but she's going to be the senior pastor, along with her husband, in Life Church, nurturing works. Being part of the family of God is amazing. And so this morning, I just want us to think here in these last few minutes of what kind of a culture do moms build? It says a wise woman builds. Well, what are we building? What culture, atmosphere are we building into our own families and into this church family? 
The first thing that is obvious is unconditional love. We are building a culture of unconditional love. We've all read the stories of the power of a mother's love, where moms have been able to do just amazing things because of the strength of their love that never, never gives up, against all odds sometimes. Unconditional love, it just never stops. It never ends, no matter what. It keeps praying, believing, having faith for. You know, unconditional love is a grace that says to the child or to others, it's okay, you can fail, but you just pick up again and we'll believe and you'll go forward. A grace to fail. Unconditional love knows how to forgive, how to receive forgiveness and give forgiveness. And I know that sometimes it's, it's even harder to receive forgiveness than it is to give. But whatever, unconditional love knows about forgiveness. Unconditional love enables us to love each other while gently at the same time challenging each other to keep growing and to change. That, that's the amazing quality of unconditional love. And let it be here in our church family that we can love you the way you are. We can love you unconditionally. But at the same time, we can come around you and say, but you can grow, but you can change. You can be better. That's amazing. That's unconditional love. And women... That's what we are called. Titus tells us we are called to teach that kind of love to the younger moms and how to love their children and to love their husbands and so on. Unconditional love. The second quality I want to mention is a, that we are creating and building a culture of honor. Honor. That's a big deal. That's an important word. The definition of honor is high respect or esteem. And as I was thinking about this, you know, we talk about somebody being a person of honor, an honorable person. And as I thought about it, it's really almost impossible to give honor, real honor, if you are not an honorable person. An honorable person is one who shows fairness and honesty and integrity in beliefs and actions. There's no duplicity or hypocrisy. What you are in public is what you are at home, and what you are at home is what you are in public. And really, this, that's probably one of the most important qualities in raising children. Children who are raised by a mom who is always what she says. At home is what she says wherever. What she does at home is what she does at church. You know, that kind of honorableness, honor, is a very, very important quality. And as I thought about it, it's because it requires humility. Humility. In fact, Proverbs says that humility always goes before honor. And so when we are humble... People who are proud, they have trouble recognizing the honor in someone else. They tend to be self-centered and selfish. Humility 
is able to acknowledge, maybe I was wrong, and I give honor to you. Moms, when we honor our children's dad, we build a culture in the family that produces good fruit. When we honor their teachers, their leaders, their pastors, we build in them a culture of honor. And in the family of God, in the house of God, when we speak words of honor towards one another, the same thing works. It happens. And notice I didn't say flatter or flattery. In fact, Paul in that, passion, that passage in Thessalonians, he said, we didn't come to you with flattering words. Remember that? He said, we came speaking words of truth. Because flattery is exaggerated words in order to get something in return. But honor is given without thought of self-benefit. A person of honor is one who walks the talk, lives with transparency, even when they're imperfect. And women, we are wise women, and we are going to build a culture of honor. Third thing, a culture of nurture, to nurture, to care for, and encourage the growth and development of the care. Webster says it's the care and attention given to someone or something that is growing and developing to feed and protect and nourish. I remember there was a young lady. Well, let me first start. When we went to Africa in 2009 again to take Life Church and pastor it, and there's a, a young woman who came to help me in the home, to be a, a caretaker for us in our home. And she had a niece, Lydia, who had been orphaned also as a young girl. And she had brought her into her home. And so she lived also in our compound. And Lydia was hurt. Lydia was angry. Lydia was a little suspicious of anything church, um, just, you know, in her mid-teens. And I remember taking her and deciding, Lydia, I'm going to just love you. I'm going to just honor you. I'm going to start nurturing you. And I can tell you that I just saw that girl blossom, just start to grow and mature and blossom. And today she's the church receptionist, and she is an amazing young woman who impacts many around her. In fact, scientific studies have indicated, and I read a whole study yesterday which just was blew my mind, that mothers nurture actually makes a difference in the brain activity and development of a child. When this mother's nurture is present in the culture around that child, it overcomes the challenges of poverty, stress, trauma. And I believe that in a church family, the same is true. When we will create, when we will build a culture that is nurturing and an atmosphere that nurtures one another, then we are going to be able to grow and help others overcome the things that circumstances and the devil would throw their way because that nurturing culture is going to help and change the way they view things. When we have a nurturing culture, women, when we are building with wisdom, family, church family, a culture of nurturing says, I believe in you. It says you have a destiny. 
Your role is significant. I'll be there when you need help or when you need an explanation that is going to give you wisdom. I'll guide you to taking personal responsibility for your Christian life. I'll pray with you, not just for you. I'll pray with you. I'll show you how until you get it. I won't let you become dependent on me, but I'll point you to Jesus so you will grow. Moms, that's what we should do with our kids, but that's what we build into the church family as well. I will encourage you to be a devoted follower of Jesus. That's what we're building, wise women of God. We are building a culture of unconditional love, a culture of honor, and a culture that nurtures everyone. Let's choose to do that, women. And can I just say to you again today, happy Mother's Day. And to all the men who are present, thank you. Thank you for your honor and your encouragement today. Together, together, we're building our families and we're building the family of God. Amen. Let's thank Pastor Sharon.